Welcome everybody to the Lines and Laces Podcast. I am your illustrious host, Ace Bug. Let's jump into these sports topics for today. What's going on, everybody? It's your illustrious host, Ace Bug, and we're jumping into the podcast today. Glad to have you here. Welcome. Welcome. Finally. It feels like this, feels like this release date's been long awaited. But anyway, I digress. Let's jump into the sports topic as we want to kick it off with the Ohio State University in Tulsa Golden Hurricane. What a game. What a game. Uh, I think as you guys, the listeners will learn on this podcast, I have a little bit of a bias here when it comes to that scarlet and gray. The Ohio State University, hence the laces and the lines and laces podcast title there. But I digress. Now, the first topic I want to talk about when we we look at this Ohio State game, C.J. Stroud. I mean, where do we start? He's a young freshman quarterback, uh, not a lot of experience. I think it's starting to really show um, in some of his decision-making, game management, uh, understanding when and where to throw the ball, when to make some decisions. Uh, This high-flying pass attack that we were promised from Ohio State I think has been a little lackluster. Wouldn't, Wouldn't we all agree? I mean, for God's sakes, uh, Chris Olave is not in our top three receivers. I mean, that's 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 just not something that's going to be able to get it done for us. It's not. It's never been able to. Uh, we've always had a balanced attack, and though we we finally got the rush game to show up, Trevon Henderson, what what a what a spark, Trevon Henderson, twenty four carries for two hundred and seventy seven yards. Now. Who we all originally thought was going to be our bell cow back was was Master T. And my man showed up 14 carries for 62 yards. I mean, come on, big dog. We need that last year performance, man. We need that power, that aggression, that smash mouth Ohio State Big Ten football, man. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you're listening to this and going, man, the way he's talking, it sounds like they lost. No. We didn't. It was actually a 41-20 victory. But if you watched the game, it was a lot closer through the first three quarters than it needed to be, um, especially, no offense to Tulsa, to a team that talent-wise just honestly does not stack up against us. They do not. Um, and that's something that has to change immediately, immediately. If we're going to have any hope uh, coming down the stretch in the Big Ten, I think the Big Ten is a lot better than people are giving it credit for. Um, I think that team from up north, those – Terrible Michigan Wolverines are a lot better than people want to realize. Uh, Michigan State is good. Penn State is good. Uh, this is not going to be a walkthrough division. We're not going to get handed the Big Ten title like every other year in the past. So with already having that early loss to Oregon, if we have any, and I do mean any, shots or hope of making it to these college football playoffs, we are going to have to get our defense and that secondary tightened up. We have some of the best talented young secondary in the country, but at the same in that same breath, I will have to say we have some of the most unexperienced. A lot of red shirt freshmen, a lot of freshmen across the board starting in our secondary. It's going to be interesting, folks. It's going to be interesting. And if you know anything about Ohio State football, you know that's, that's, that's continued to be a problem for us. Um 
we don't turn the ball over a lot. Uh, we don't have that that usual big time Joey Nick Bosa front seven uh, playmaker that we have. We have depth and some rotation, but it's going to be a group collective effort. And I think as this defense continues to grow and progress uh, throughout the season, we're going to start seeing a more mature defense. Now, when I've talked to some of my, uh, as they say, gray or older head Ohio State fans, they say, Nate, no need to worry. We will, uh, in the three, in the two to three years, CJ Stroud is the quarterback at Ohio State. We're going to go ahead and get a championship. But as great as that sounds, as great as that is, you as well as I know, understanding Ohio State and the fan base, we are a bit ignorant. We are a bit presumptuous. We are a bit pretentious. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, we expect to win and not only be in the playoffs every year, but we expect to win the national championship every single year. So with that being said, uh, we're going to transition to the second major college football game of the weekend. And as the Alabama Crimson Tide and those Florida Ch- Gators, if you're wondering what that was, that was me doing the Florida Gator Chomp. I've always enjoyed doing that. Never been a Gator fan, though. Nonetheless, what a good game. What an absolute great SEC smash mouth game of football. But immediately when you look at the score, 31-29 Bama, the first thing for me, if you're a historian, uh, somebody that likes to look back on college football, the first thing that jumps out to me is Alabama gave up 29 points. I mean, let's let that marinate for a second. Alabama Crimson Tide gave up 29 points to the Florida Gators. Something I can't say I recall happening since Tim Tebow, maybe. And from all the offseason talk, this was supposed to be Alabama's star-studded defense. This was supposed to be the folks that, I mean, goodness gracious, how do you stop these sons of guns? You know, I always look at, and this is something funny, it has nothing probably to do with football, but has anybody ever checked the birth certificate on some of these Alabama players? I mean, for God's sakes, they're all ball-headed, bearded, 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", 330, 340, 350-pound linemen, and they're running a f- sub 4'8", 4'9", 40? I mean, my goodness, where are they finding some of these men? But Anyway, if we really believe Alabama is is the team that they've claimed to be, not only the years past but in the offseason, we have to begin to wonder, how are they going to continue to dominate the SEC? There's a lot of great schools coming in the SEC. I mean, for God's sakes, they're going to have to see Georgia more than Georgia or Florida in the SEC championship game. Florida just took up to the wire. It's not – history states that it's, it's not going to be good for them, that secondary matchup with Alabama. It's, it's, it's Alabama's time. Once you've read them once, they do tend to get better, but so do the rest of the teams. The SEC is going to be a bludgeoned, battle-tested division coming out and – Hence why usually we get 
at least a, min, uh, a minority, a minority, I'm sorry, of two teams from the SEC and the college football playoffs. So I'm looking forward to see, um, is Alabama in trouble? Is this something that you you guys think? Comment below. Please interact. Uh, leave your comments below. Let me know what you think. Has Nick Saban lost his touch? Are the Florida Gators finally going to take over the SEC? Do the Georgia Bulldogs have an actual shot of winning it? Does Kirby Smart have a shot of beating his successor or his, I'm sorry, mentor in Nick Saban? I don't know. Tune in for the next time. Sounds like the next Scooby-Doo episode, guys. Let's talk about this next, this, this amazing new Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young. What a heck of a stat line. 22 of 35, 240 yards, three touchdowns. Do we have another Mac Jones on our hands? Another passing great Alabama quarterback? Or is he going to continue to be a balanced attack? I don't know. I'm interested to see. The sample size we have so far, it says Bryce Young <laughs> is another special Alabama quarterback. Again, roll tide. Sounds like vinegar coming out of my mouth, but goodness gracious. How can you not root for the kid? Listen to his interviews. Very humble. It's like a cocky humbleness kind of washes over you. Uh, something I, I – how do you not want to play – Work for a kid like that. I mean, you know, as an offensive lineman, uh, I always say, I always have said, not that I played offensive line, but if you believe in your quarterback, you'll run through a wall for him. And I promise you, Bryce Young has that team firing on all cylinders. I mean, firing. So, we just kicked off the segment today talking a little college football. Two of the major games uh, I felt were, were uh, monumental to the college football playoffs picture going forward. Comment below what you guys think, what you guys want to do as far as next steps, next episode. Uh, should it be more college football teams? Is there a team that maybe I left out that you feel like is more important to the picture than Ohio State and Alabama? Maybe you're a Clemson Tiger fan and say, hey, we're still relevant. Maybe a University of Cincinnati fan and say you're tired. Finally, the SES school is not getting their recognition. Maybe it's that time. Maybe you're a UCF fan and you're wondering how in the world you got stunned by Louisville. Let me know. Let me know. We'll always lead off with an Ohio State update. So for those little Ohio State fans, tune in. You'll get the real, the raw, the opinion uh, as the channel continues to grow. The connections will continue to grow uh, as well as the in-depth and behind behind the scenes story. So continue, continue to check in with us. So we're going to transition. We're going to make a transition into that NFL football, a little bit of that Sunday action. We're going to start off with that first major, I would say afternoon game those folks I don't know man they they correlate them a lot with Ohio State fans as far as college football professional football realm kind of kind of meeting there as far as their fan base and the hysteria and just based off that comment I'm sure you guys have a good idea who I'm talking about and I'm talking about those Dallas Cowboys down there in uh 
God's country, as they like to say. Dallas Cowboys played the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday. And first off, let me start off before diving off the deep end into this Cowboys tangent rant. Justin Herbert is special. Now, I let that breathe for a second because you need to hear me when I say it. I'm going to say it one more time. Justin Herbert is special. Okay? We are looking at the next coming great quarterbacks as we've watched the great Peyton Manning walk away, as we were watching Tom Brady ride his last few horse rides. We are finally getting to see the next upcoming generation of quarterbacks that are going to take us into the future here at the National here in the National Football League. I mean, this kid, 31 of 41, 338 yards and a touchdown. Two interceptions. Two interceptions. He's a sophomore. He's going to make mistakes. It's part of the game. It's funny. People like to have uh, what they say, revisionist memory. People act as if if Tom Brady has been carving folks up his entire career, and they forget those early championships were won by that stout New England Patriots defense. Let's pay respect where respect is due. Justin Herbert didn't work on a lot of talent. Got a lot of great receivers. Shout out Keenan Allen, man, the 336, man. Shout out Keenan Allen, man. That brother right there puts in work every single week. Double coverage, single coverage, zone coverage, man to man. Keenan Allen's going to get his, okay? He's going to get his. He's a dog. He got that, that, I don't know, man, that Steve Smith, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I've, I've lived in North Carolina for a few years, and something, something about it, man. Something about where those, some they, they produce some great, tough, wide receivers, man. So, uh, shout out to Keenan Allen, man, from the three three six, man. Back to this Cowboys Chargers. Dallas is a lot better than we than, than I want to say I predicted. Um, they got a real good shot of winning the NFC East. Um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles can give them a little more, a little more run for their money than probably anybody early, early predicted. But Dallas is good. I mean, they took Tom Brady and the Bucks to the wire game one. They come out here to the Chargers. Greg the leg sneaks them in, get them one. Dak Prescott looks great. I mean, for somebody that didn't play a single preseason game, <laughs> brother look good. Brother looks good. Paid that man his money. He came to do what? Put in that work. Put in that work. Now, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I think I'd be remiss to say the NFL is better when the Cowboys are good. When the Cowboys are playing winning football, people are interested. It's not just the most... It's not one of the most illustrious, expensive franchises for no reason. There's a reason for that. People love the Dallas Cowboys. It's a cult following. It's kind of sickening to a degree, but, I mean, it is a cult following. So, when the Cowboys are good, the NFL is good. And I do believe we're seeing a pretty good Cowboys squad. I mean, now, granted, we're seeing a Cowboys squad minus... Dak Prescott, I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, Ezekiel Elliott, 
doing his absolute thing. I mean, first and foremost, right here and now, I want you to stop calling him Zeke the Freak. Zeke the Freak left the building two years ago. This is Ezekiel Elliott, and I think this is the only Ezekiel Elliott we will see. Tony Pollard was the leading rusher for the Dallas Cowboys. Year Dallas Cowboys. One of the highest paid running backs in the league is on your football team. Let's read off his stats. 16 carries, 71 yards. Now you've paid that man all that money. And he gave you 71 yards. Game two. Dallas, hear me and hear me well. If Zeke doesn't get on track this year, it's time to cut bait and see what you can get. It's time. I mean, it's time. Tony Pollard is showing you you guys can get a two or three running back system. Pay them way less money. Put that money in more important places. I don't know, like your aging offensive line. And let's see what Dak Prescott can really do. Let's give him, I don't know, this is a crazy idea. Crazy. Let's give the African-American quarterback everything he needs around him and see where it goes. Let's see. Let's see. Who knows what could happen? Maybe the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. Maybe I'm drunk. (laughs) But the opportunity is there. Is Jerry Jones going to get out of his own way and allow the team to be great? Or is he going to continue to pay the big buck for the big name that don't continue to produce on the field? Dak Prescott, let me give him respect where respect is due. Young brother, 23 or 27, 237 yards at a QBR 87. Dak, let's get. Can we get a round of applause for Dak? They paid that man all that money. He had that excruciating leg injury. He had that rotator cuff shoulder, under the cuff shoulder injury that kept him out the entire preseason. But if you watched Hard Knocks, either they did a great job of cutting and editing that or Dak Prescott is in for a great season. He's locked in as a leader. He understands what he needs to say, when he needs to say it, when he needs to do He's staying after. He's staying after to put in work. He is growing into not only the quarterback on the field that the Dallas Cowboys need, but he's growing into the quarterback off the field as a leader that the Dallas Cowboys need. Shout out to Dak Prescott. Lastly, we're going to make our transition. To the game of the night, those Baltimore Ravens and those Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, what a game. Goodness gracious. Jim Harbaugh, that's a bad white boy right there. Do you hear me? That's a bad white boy, okay? Bad. I I mean, Lamar, Lamar, you want to go for it? Let's go for it. Who doesn't love having a coach like that? If you play sports, 
any kind of sport, to have your coach put that kind of faith in you, and no matter what's on the line, you want to go for it? Let's roll the dice. I'm with you. Let's roll. However you want to go, I'm with you. I got your back. Who's got my back? I got your back. (laughs) What a game, man. Lamar finally, finally got over the hump and beat Patrick Mahomes. Finally. Finally. And, boy, if you watch this game, early I wasn't too confident. He threw two interceptions. Bad interceptions at that. I mean, bad. He threw two to the Honey Badger. With all due respect, as great of a talent he is, those were bad interceptions from a quarterback as in his third, fourth year. That's 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 a bad, bad interceptions. But boy, did he did, Lamar's a gamer. He's an absolute gamer. He's a stud. Um to come back and play the way he played down the stretch. Eight for twenty six, two hundred thirty nine yards, a touchdown. Running in as well. This was an absolute slugfest. It was like watching African-American Tom Brady and Peyton Manning going at it. This is a matchup I'm looking forward to to do for the next 10 to 15 years. This is great football. Kansas City is absolutely freaking loaded. And Travis Kelsey is fake. I mean, uh, (laughs) I At the tight end position, I've never seen anybody that big, that fast, do that, ever. Ever. Like, if you ever wanted to see or have a thought pattern or idea of what LeBron might look like playing football, I think Travis Kelsey is giving us a real good look at it. I mean, goodness gracious. What's next? What's next? What is Baltimore missing to really get over the hump? I mean, they're down, what, three running backs, four running backs? And still come in and run the ball down Kansas City's throat? Don't get me wrong, it was a slugfest, but... Baltimore ran that ball. Let's not get it it confused. Baltimore ran that ball. Lamar Jackson ran that ball. Devontae Freeman ran that ball. I wouldn't even call Lamar Jackson the greatest quarterback. I wouldn't even call him an elite quarterback at this point because he's not an elite passer of the football. Call him what you may. But that man is absolutely electric. And when you're a gamer and you're a winner, you're going to find a way to win. I mean, God's sakes. That jump throw touchdown was the most hideous throw I've ever seen in my entire life. But it was one of the most athletically special things I've seen in the last 10 years. I mean, it'd be that off balance, jump in the air, flick it with 30 yards, your body's contorting, flipping around. And score a touchdown, keep your game, keep your team slugged in that game. I mean, that's something you just can't. You can't do anything with. There's no defense that you can stop when he's just that God-given athletically talent. There's nothing you can do. But be in amazement. Enjoy the moment. 
congrats, man. Congrats to Lamar Jackson. That's an absolutely great win. Um, let's see if the Baltimore Ravens are going to keep rolling. Let's see. Let's see. And Kansas City, uh, again, I don't, I don't know how you're going to stop them on a consistent basis. And as they continue to roll, uh, if you don't have the office of fire, probably go blow for blow for them. It's going to be a long night for you. Kansas City, if you guys don't figure out how to stop people on defense, you guys are not going to win another Super Bowl. They're not. They're not. And I get it. Andy Reid is an offensive genius. He is. But if they don't figure out that defense, it is going to be a long remainder of the season. To close out the podcast today, we're going to talk a little bit about tonight's Monday night football matchup. Dun, 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 dun. Always love that little sound effect. The Lions and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff. Man, I don't know about everybody else, but Aaron Rodgers looks like he is ready to go. You hear me? Bags packed, mansion cleaned. He's on the way out the door. I mean, this is awful. If this is the last dance of Green Bay, uh, off that game one, it's going to be a long season, folks. Jared Goff, man. Uh, can he turn it around in Detroit? I mean, for God's sake, he threw the ball 57 times. 57 times game one. I don't know about you all, but I didn't see a lot of talent around Jared Groff in Detroit. But we'll see. Do the, pouncer, the, do the Packers bounce back, clean it up, and get it together against Detroit? Does Jared Goff finally get on the roll? Let's tune in next time to see what's going on here at the Lions and Laces podcast. Before you leave, make sure you take a moment, take a time, take a second. Show us a little love and attention where you guys can interact with the podcast. Shout out new ideas. Shout out new guests, new suggestions. We'll start with the Facebook. The Lines and Laces podcast is where you can find us. Follow, like, subscribe, jump in, and get interactive. On Facebook, I mean, um, excuse me, on Instagram, you can find us at the Lines and Laces underscore podcast. Ace Boog is the name. Keeping it real is the game. And last, but certainly, certainly, certainly not least on Twitter, the name is the Lines and Laces podcast at the LNL underscore pod. Come check us out. Comment, like, tweet, subscribe. We got the YouTube channel coming soon. We got the video coming soon. We just thank you guys so much for your guys' support. Give a round of applause for yourself for being a great studio audience. See ya. Peace. And a bottle of head grease, folks.